Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Impeachment, sedition, insurrection. It's like an episode of the Kardashians. Everyone calm down for a moment. There are real things that happened, real issues at play, and some wordplay that's purely political won't help us. There is absolutely, positively a desire to break apart the Republican Party to have one party rule in the country. That seems pretty obvious from the media class in, of course, conjunction with their party select. Never mind what's been going on in academia. You start to realize all these things, but... You can't deny what took place. And you can't deny that there are some people who really thought, you know what, I'm going to walk around the Capitol with zip ties, screaming for Mike Pence because he should be hung. Ugliness took place. Don't say, oh, it was all Antifa. It wasn't all Antifa. Were there some people there who were agitators? Yes. We've already proven that. And the news reporting proves that, like out of Utah. But there were Trump supporters there. And the people who broke in, a fair majority of them. I have questions about the Capitol Police. I have questions about who was doing what. We may get more information in a week from now. Change everything. But there are things that we cannot deny. Denying them is foolhardy. Is beneath us. But it starts with calm down. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833. 468-8669. I want to go through some basics because there's a lot. We've got Parler being taken down. And as we're learning, um, Parler got hacked on the way out. And it seems that people were able to steal every deleted Parler post. They've got information on who did what, on where they live, all of it. That's never a good sign. That's bad news. So we've got a suppression conversation, of uh, a, a free speech suppression conversation. We've got a tech collusion conversation, which is why Representative Devin Nunez is talking about racketeering. We've got wait for the boycotts, wait for the pressure on sponsors, support your local radio stations. But let's start from the beginning. I in going through this and wrote myself a lot of notes, came up with 10 things. And in one moment, I kind of repeat myself. But there are 10 things I want to go over with you regarding what we saw. And it should be be, maybe before anything, or, or maybe you can rank it later. You do not have to feel guilty about something you did not do. You did nothing wrong if you weren't the one storming the Capitol. And it doesn't matter what Jake Tapper says or what any politico says or what any celebrity says. You didn't do anything wrong. If you voted for Trump in 2016, you voted for Trump in 2020, or you did one and not the other, whatever, you didn't do anything wrong. I voted for Donald Trump in 2020. Why? My options were clear. A governing philosophy, because in the governing, it had been conservative in terms of lowering taxes, reducing regulations, etc. Or I could have somebody who was high tax who wouldn't take on the Chinese the way I thought was appropriate. 
I do not apologize for such a thing, for feeling that such a thing is necessary and valuable and being able to properly defend it. I won't apologize. And you should not either. You didn't do anything wrong. And your reasons might be different than mine. If you were invading the, the, the capital, if you will, you may have something to apologize for. We'll get to the zip tie guys in a second, but let's start with the basics. The people who wanted to engage a challenge did not incite a riot. Stop asking these people to resign. You might disagree with them. There's a very interesting federalism conversation. Ed Morrissey of Hot Air, hotair.com, part of the town hall group, is going to be with us a little bit later. It, he's, got a, he's got a take. I don't even agree with him, but he really does have a take that's worth hearing, and I want to share it with you. But these people did not incite a riot. One of them is they go after, uh, he's in Indiana, Congressman Jim Banks from the Indiana 3rd, the Fort Wayne area. Here's a picture of Jim Banks welcoming the uh, insurrectionists to, to, the, to, the, to the Capitol. They were people from Indiana. He said, hey, I represent you. Welcome. He did exactly what he's supposed to do. Because he engaged challenges, he's, in, he's, he's incited a riot. It's embarrassing that you would say such a thing. Then, <laughs> I actually posted this on my Facebook page, which I still have. Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Uh, I was on Parlor until yesterday, and they took it down. We'll get to that. A, a uh, opinion columnist up where in that area, in, in the area of Indiana 3rd, basically says he incited a riot. And he writes back on Facebook saying, this is wrong. You shouldn't do this. This is, this is wrong to say of me and, 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 and what I did. Well, now he's being called out by the Democratic Party for attacking a journalist. It's an opinion, right? wrote an opinion, and the subject of the opinion was like, that's gross. That's attacking a, a, a journalist? No, those are the rules you want to go back to, to pre-Trump on. But some Trump rules stay. And one of those rules is you got to fight back against lies and nonsense. You can't allow, you cannot allow these narratives to stand. Any reporter who says that Congressman Jim Banks or any other congressman shouldn't be able to respond and say that's simply untrue, off their rocker, they're not journalists, they're narrative pushers, and you should treat them as such, meaning reporters should get your respect, narrative pushers. Uh, I don't think you necessarily have to online or anywhere else, uh, you know, be uh, overtly respectful of. I mean, don't bother anybody while they're eating dinner, but you don't have to listen to what they say. N not at all. Second, second on my list. Actually, I'm going to go to third. For time, I'm going a third, which is the people calling Mike Pence a traitor. Watch this happen over the weekend. Um, I, if we lose listeners, guys, I think it's terrible, but it's okay. Um, Lynn Wood is out of his damn mind. Anybody thinking they should hang Mike Pence is out of their damn mind. I'm not interested in your friendship. I'm not interested in you being a listener. None of it. Now, that's really, like, direct and and and... What's what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Um, it's personal. It's it's in your face. But 
How else am I supposed to explain it? Mike, who didn't know that Mike Pence wasn't going to follow the letter and be like, I can't send these electoral votes back. I can't send these back. President Trump wanted him to send the electoral votes back. He's like, I can't do that. And by the way, Donald Trump threw Mike Pence under the bus, and he's wrong. And Lynn Wood, the lawyer who got Nicholas Sandman all that money, uh, Trump should be, I mean, Pence should be executed. There's a place in hell for Lynn Wood. Nonsense garbage. And just so we're clear, I get that that's a very pointed, directed thing to some people. And my answer is, yeah. Oh, well. Nonsense. This brings us to the zip ties. There's these former guy, this former guy, and actually it turns out there were two guys. One's former Air Force that I know of who brought zip ties. They're, in, they're, they're like in gear, like in riot gear, and they've got zip ties. What, what was your plan? Your plan was to find some members of Congress and zip tie them, and then you're going to march them out? You're going to be judge, jury, and executioner? All of a sudden, the systems of America failed? The very reason I was okay with challenges is because it followed a system. And the people opposed to the challenges, they were the ones opposed to the system. And what did we say? That's wrong. You show up with zip ties? Let me, let me ask this guy a question. D did you think for a second you spoke for me? You're about as likely the candidate I would choose to lead the Civil War as the guy dressed as a freaking Viking. You loser. Nobody elected you. Nobody asked for you. I'm glad you're full of opinion. But you showed up to the Capitol with zip ties? Man, whatever charges they throw at you, that's what they throw at you. There is no national consensus at this moment. Even people like me who see issues in the election, they don't have that. Hey, let's send a schmuck with a helmet and zip ties, see who we can grab. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Not at all and in any way. So I want to make sure I'm clear on some of these things. Now, not all of these things are directed to people on political right. There are a whole bunch of things directed to the people on the political left. Top amongst them, the nonsense of impeachment. And don't lecture to us about your caring about police. That story is up next. I'm Tony Katz. Impeachment. Yeah, they're serious. They want to do this. The president led a riot. Well, that's not how it goes. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. They were starting first by trying to get Vice President Pence to engage the 25th uh, Amendment. That not happening. I could have told you that wasn't going to happen. Absolutely, positively not going to happen. There's no way Mike Pence is going to do such a thing. 
that is different than whether or not Mike Pence wouldn't suggest to President Trump that he resign. Now take a breath and listen to everything I've got to say on the subject before you respond. I'm asking for that favor. There is a conversation to be had about the idea of resignation, even with nine days to go, so Pence can become president of the United States and pardon. Now, I don't actually believe that Donald Trump has done anything that warrants any type of prosecution on this subject. But we're having a conversation of two things, one being a criminal conversation, to which there is none, and the other being a public perception conversation to which there could be money. Many subjects, including how Republicans have to deal with this going down the line. It seems that the only person who has any brains on impeachment is Jim Clyburn, and only on that subject, the congressman from South Carolina. Because what Democrats said is, well, if Pence won't do it, then we're going to file articles of impeachment. And you've got David Cicilline, the congressman from Rhode Island. He's got some. Ilhan Omar, she's got some. But she wants to impeach the Jews, so I don't know how far that's going to go. So you've got these competing things, so that could take some time. Then you've got a whole nother problem. The Senate, follow me on this. The Senate, as per the rules that they voted on when they left... They don't get back till January 19th. They've got three days in between now and then that they meet for some pro forma activities. But there is nothing that can allow them to change those pro forma activities. So if the U.S. House of Representatives were to file articles of impeachment today and vote on it today and walk it over to the Senate, the Senate cannot pick it up until January 19th. They just, there's no power to do so. The rules are already set. They can't be changed. So now you have January 19th and well, they're going to they're gonna hold a trial and vote to remove the president in a day? That dog won't hunt. You know it, I know it. That's not happening. It's just not happening. But what Jim Clyburn's saying is maybe we'll wait until Biden's first 100 days are over and then we'll file. I guess you could. I guess you could vote to do such a thing. Now, remember, what Democrats want to do is political. They want to ensure he doesn't run. For a guy who they tell me his career is over, man, are they afraid. <laughs> That's, see, I told you to listen to the whole thing. You were like, ah, Tony, ah, you wait. I will, I will deliver the goods, dang it. I think impeachment's a bad idea. And I, I can't believe that Joe Biden is hemming and hawing here. The story is, is that Biden is avoiding the firm position on impeachment. Now, Democrats are putting him in a really bad position. I'm th- talking politically here. I don't agree with Joe Biden on politics. I don't agree with him on policy. But follow me here. If you're the Biden presidency, you want to walk in You want to walk in as the great healer. Donald Trump was never made for the moment where he brings the nation together in an embrace. He's a wartime consigliere. That's who he is. Biden 
was built, built to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Oh, I think he's done some pretty awful things. I don't necessarily think he's a good guy. And I think his son done some criminal things right there. But what Joe Biden wants to do is walk in and be the healer. He can, 100 days, he can cement his legacy with America in 100 hours. We're not going to impeach. Stand down, Democrats. What we saw at the Capitol is terrible. And we, the American people, don't ever want to see that again. All of us. Unity starts here and now. We'll remember it, and we're going to move forward to be the better nation we know we can be. Let me ask you a question. They going to start carving his face on Mount Rushmore that very second? This isn't me in favor of any Biden policy. I think he's going to be an awful president based on his policies. But we're discussing the idea of what works best for Joe Biden, and he doesn't need this. He once said famously, I'm the leader of the Democratic Party. Okay, show us. Because right now, I think Nancy Pelosi is the leader of the Democratic Party, unless Representative Ocasio-Cortez is the leader of the Democratic Party. Why don't you show us, Joey, who's in charge? Can't believe Democrats are putting him in this position. It's nuts. By the way, impeachment is also nuts. I think it's a really, really bad idea that's going to go further to galvanize the right, even though the right has got its own uh, things to go over. And uh, what's really interesting, and there's there's this kind of unique parallel, the right was always going to have to figure out uh, life after Trump. But, you know, I even said this on Newsmax last week. No, last week I wasn't on. I was scheduled to be on, and that was Wednesday. So I was on Tuesday. I was scheduled to be on Wednesday, and then then everything went to to pot. So maybe I said it on Tuesday. You know, they always talk about the right being in disarray. So when they talk about it now, I don't pay any attention. The right now has some things that's clearly got to work out. The left will continue to have the things that has to work out. Like, is it Nancy Pelosi's party, or is it Ocasio-Cortez's party? Did you hear Nancy Pelosi with Leslie Stahl on CBS? Whoo! I'll play it. You tell me. Still on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. This is Tony Katz Today. So today is the one-year anniversary of China first saying to the world, hey, we got a virus. Now, it's, it's, it's the one-year a- a- anniversary of them being honest with us. It's not the one-year anniversary of coronavirus. That much, that much is, is, is obvious and clear. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. China lied. It's worth remembering. Just remember that it's worth remembering. One of the big stories uh, not being talked about is a twofer about Joe Manchin. He's the senator from West Virginia who right now realizes he has a lot of power in this uh, uh, Senate. Because he is a 
Well, it's not a moderate. But he's willing to not be crazy, and dang it, I appreciate that. Maybe he is the definition of a moderate. Maybe that's what it is right now. One of the things he has come out to say is that he opposes $2,000 payments regarding coronavirus. Loud noises! Don't yell at me. The man doesn't want to give out any more $2,000 payments. No $2,000 blanket payments, which I'm fine with. I'm I'm very, very okay with this. We should be focusing. Without question. We should be focusing on where to put the money to help those who actually need it. And we're seeing cases go up, and we've got this question on this new strain, and very people are very worried about 4,000 deaths a day. Yeah. It's a virus, and it's not going anywhere. But we have 7 million people who have been vaccinated, and we have tens of millions of people who have survived. So could we stop? Could we stop with this idea that it is the end of times? It's a terrible way to live. It's not helpful in the slightest. It's savagery, if one could be so bold. So Manchin opposes this, and you know the left's going to go crazy, but now Joe Manchin is like, you know, D.C. and Puerto Rico statehood? Uh, I don't know. Show me the, show me the argument. I, I'm open to arguments. Now, you understand that Puerto Rico and D.C. statehood is the end. The purpose of creating statehood for these places is what? Senators. The purpose is senators, because Puerto Rico will elect two Democratic senators and D.C. will elect two Democratic senators, and then the balance is out of balance. Well, Tony, Republicans can win. It's going to be very difficult. Of course they could win. It's going to be very difficult. I mean, it's difficult for Republicans to win if the lie of, well, you know, Republicans are racist (laughs) is allowed to be uttered willy-nilly and media doesn't even question it. It's so gross. I don't get to call Ilhan Omar an anti-Semite because I feel like it. I get to look at what she's done, what she said, and say, hey, I see something here. She's an anti-Semite. She's a bigot. Rashida Tlaib is a bigot. Ocasio-Cortez hangs out with a lot of bigots. <laughs> see, see the difference? See how it goes, right? There's the, there's the story. Right, there's the, 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 the issue. But, oh, you're a Republican, you're a racist. Well, you, we've just met, you don't know me, you haven't even asked me a question, doesn't matter. Republican, racist. Jeepers. And that gets codified in media, and that gets codified in academia, and that gets codified in culture. I mean, people, I don't think, understand the, 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 the levels to which you're, you're, you're fighting. But if he's okay with taking a look at it, well... You got big issues, big issues with what that can bring forward. It's a, it's, it's a huge problem, an undeniable problem, that the left now has full control. An undeniable problem. Undeniable is the fact that Antifa exists. Now, I know 
that people like Joe Biden want to tell you that Antifa is just an idea. Well, that idea encountered some Trump supporters in San Diego and then sprayed bear mace in their face and chased them. Right? I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. That's just some of what Democrats have been saying for the past year regarding uprisings. And it was Joe Biden who said Antifa wasn't real. Wasn't real. It's an idea. Well, that idea is spraying bear mace in people's face. And maybe they were listening to their elected leadership. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they were listening to these people say, yeah, uprisings. Yeah, fight back. Yeah, take to the streets. And okay. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration. I can't play the rest of that. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was Samantha B being very, very dirty. Brett in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. And, you would have uh, been a hero. I'd like... <laughs> Sorry, it was more Robert De Niro with the cursing. I couldn't allow that either. Antifa's real. Antifa is the enemy. Antifa is violence. They are not anti-fascists. They are fascists. These things are worth noting. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Well, it's not bourbon, but the Sun King Brewery is toasting the city of Indianapolis as it celebrates 200 years. According to Fox59.com, the brewery released a special beer in honor of the bicentennial called Indy Turns 200. It's described as an Applejack cocktail-inspired barley wine-style ale, according to Sun King's website. The ale is barrel-aged in West Fork Whiskey Company barrels. A portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Arts Council of Indianapolis Bicentennial Legends Mural Series. And this has been the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform. Eat, Drink, Smoke. I have made the argument many times that I have no problem with challenges. You want to challenge, uh, you want to say, claim there was a problem in the states, go make your challenges to the courts. You want to uh, say there's a problem with the electors, make, make your challenges. I've never had an issue with that. But I've also said, in the same breath, the odds of that working is 1%. 1%. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. I, I, I never, you know, tried to paint a picture for anybody that said anything else. And I'm well-documented on that. 
I bring in Ed Morrissey of hotair.com, a very, very worthwhile site. Ed Morrissey has been the big dog there for a good number of years. Because of his latest piece, Republican No More, the GOP's Existential Crisis, where Ed discusses two subjects. One, his leaving the Republican Party over what happened at the Capitol, and the idea of the challenges on electors being an assault on federalism, the idea of states' rights. I bring in Ed right now. I want to start with the last part first, because it's a spot where you and I disagree, that the challenges that we saw, maybe you didn't like, but not necessarily as I see it, a challenge or, or a, a assault on federalism. And I wanted you to present your case, your thoughts. Sure. And Tony, by the way, sorry about that. I had a little problem with my microphone. Um, great to be talking with you, uh, my friend. Uh, we've, we've known each other a really long time and total got total respect for everything that you do there on the air. And um, and you look good, too. I mean, Thank let's you. face it. That's very true. Um, so <laughs> um, here's my point. The Constitution does not grant Congress the authority to certify an election. All they do is count the electors. That's all their role is. And the only role they have in determining electors, uh, the legitimacy of electors, is when a state produces two competing certified slates of electors, in which case Congress has to make that choice. The Electoral College doesn't have that authority. But that's it. That's the limited that's the limited authority that Congress has. Uh, and the reason why that is is because the states are sovereign and the states are the, uh, were, were given the authority under the Constitution to elect the president, not Congress. Uh, to do otherwise would transform a federal system into a parliamentary system, which is clearly not what the, uh, the states or the founders wanted at that time or at any other time since. And I don't, I don't uh, think that you're wrong about that. And the Electoral Count Act is what comes in post 1887. I think it's the election of right. Hayes uh, that that brings us about where there were indeed issues with the electors. Um, but the idea of the competing electors, I look at, and one of the things that I've discussed repeatedly is Pennsylvania. Because I believe I can cogently make the argument that Pennsylvania did not follow the Constitution, that it was uh, the courts were allowed to usurp the legislature and the um, electors are decided by the legislatures of the state as per the Constitution. And if the Supreme Court isn't going to take that case, why shouldn't Congress be the check and balance on the court? That has been my argument, but I'm always up for hearing if, if someone's got a better argument than mine. Why doesn't my argument hold? Well, a few things. First off, the, the Constitution says that the legislature is to select the method of selecting electors, and every single state has selected the method of popular vote. So it's not true that the Constitution says that the state legislatures select the electors. It's the state uh, legislatures are, or the states are supposed to select the method of the selection of those uh, electors. And the, the method was the popular vote. So and that those rules have to be in place prior to the election for obvious reasons. They can't change it after the election. Secondly, the uh, challenge to those issues uh, should have been made in, in state courts. And they were. And those challenges lost. That's the proper process for challenging elections. You do recounts. You do audits. 
Uh, you do re-canvassing, which is something that most states more or less automatically do anyway, just recounting the, the submissions from the various precincts. Um, but those are the types of things that you do. And then once the state uh, finishes the count, then you, you move to court, uh, court challenges, which is what the Trump campaign did. They, they've had at least 60, issues, 60 court cases that have been going on, including several in which they were presented their, their substantial case for uh, malfeasance or fraud including Pennsylvania for that matter. And they lost. They took those to federal court. They lost there. That's, that is the process that's set up. Now, if people still feel like, well, that's not fair, unfortunately, <laughs> the rule of law says this, this is how it works because well, I would... states are assumed to be competent in their sovereign exercise of conducting elections. And you have to show specific and and and, and explicit evidence otherwise in order to in order to overcome that assumption. I and would make Trump the Trump campaign never did. I would make the argument that's specific to Pennsylvania because you're right about other states. The argument did not get made well when they had the opportunity to make the argument because they didn't always have the opportunity because they were told they didn't have standing in a lot of cases that specifically in Pennsylvania, it's hard to go back to the courts when the courts are the ones who made the call about how these votes can be accepted. And I have made the argument that if the Supreme Court had simply taken the case properly, not this Alito piecemealing, whatever it was, I think it would have prevented a lot of what we saw in terms of challenges from uh, from uh, members of Congress. Talking to Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. Uh, but I want to bring back now this the first part of your piece, where you say, right. you know what? The Republican Party having an existential crisis. I'm a conservative, not a Republican. I've said so many times. But you have identified as a Republican for 40 years, and you're now saying, I'm done. I got about two minutes. In 120 seconds, explain it. So the entire structure of Republicanism is to set up uh, constitutional institutions for representative government so that you can put aside uh, mob rule, to, to hold off mob rule. This is the difference between republics and democracies. Uh, and, and, and this is something that is foundational, or should have been, to the Republican Party. This is what they were founded on, is federalism and republicanism, uh, small r republicanism. And, and that means, you know, has a whole lot of different contexts to it. But what happened on Wednesday was a repudiation of all of those. And the fact that two-thirds of the elected Republicans in the House were, uh, were, were voting basically in favor of mob rule, of saying we've got to interrupt this because a whole lot of people are unhappy, um, is basically a, a surrender on on republicanism and federalism, and if that's if they're going to surrender on that, there is literally no foundation for this party anymore, other than just brute force power. And I uh, disagree, only in that. That again, I I don't actually have a dog in that fight, right? I know I've never considered myself a Republican. I'm on I'm on the record numerous times, but some will argue that what they saw. And I always use Pennsylvania as my all-purpose because it's the only place where I really see it. It's it's not right. The Constitution wasn't followed. Somebody had to do something. You have to at least say the word. So wasn't this a great opportunity to show the world? I got 20 seconds, man. Go. <laughs> well, the Constitution was followed. 
the Constitution was followed. The states held their elections. They, this, the challenges went through the proper channels. The challenges failed because they didn't have the evidence for this. And in Pennsylvania specifically, they were claiming fraud in public relations, but when it came into court, they backed away from those fraud allegations. They, in fact, they explicitly said, no, we don't, we're not alleging that fraud took place. If, if you're not alleging that fraud took place, then there's no reason to throw out the election. Before I let and you go, th- th- before I let you go really quick, does this put yeah. you on the political left? I'm sorry? Does this put you on the political left? Oh, good Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Morrissey, hotair.com. Be sure to check him out. I'm Tony Katz.